Today we're uh, going to be talking about why this piece of playground equipment, if Chris will put that up for us, can be a dangerous trap requiring the jaws of life to get free from, and on a more practical and spiritual level, how we can avoid life's traps uh, as we go through life as well. And what, what, what got me started on this was a story that my son told me. Uh, he and his wife had taken their kids uh, to the park, and they were watching a ball game while their youngest son and a neighbor kid played in the playground. And then his son came running to get them. Uh, the young boy had gotten into one of these swings, and he was trapped. He couldn't get out. His thighs, you know, had slipped through, and now gravity was working against him. And to top it off, he had pockets full of rocks. So <laughs> these rocks were trapped the other side of that, you know, kind of rigid uh, plastic there. And so Sean went to help him, and he, he, every time he would pick him up, the swing would come with him. And um, then to make the matters worse, the kids started screaming, get away from me, don't touch me, because, you know, it hurt when he would try to pick him up and the rocks and his legs and everything. So now everyone in the park is looking at Sean like he's some kind of a pervert stealing somebody's child or something. And this big burly guy comes over there like he's going to, you know, clock Sean or something. And, and then when he sees what's happening, he's go like, wait, oh, dude, do you need some help? And Sean is like, yeah, that'd be great. So he gets another really big guy. And it takes these two men to, to lift this kid up while Sean stuffs the rocks back up the other side of the uh, seat and gets the kid's thighs up through there so that they can get him out through there. Now, I had planned on talking about foolish traps today, and that seemed like the perfect illustration. But I didn't realize until I got online to find this picture um, that it's an even more dangerous trap than I had originally thought. Apparently, there are a number of adults and teens who have fallen for the same trap. So uh, here's a, photo, a couple of photos are of... <laughs> And I just picked three, but th there are more. But uh, so, they, they get in, they can't get out. Now, it's one thing as a child, you know, to get trapped in a toddler swing. But I would imagine as an adult, you know, that'd be kind of embarrassing and you'd feel a little bit foolish to have the, you know, rescue squad there and, and they're. Lights are flashing and drawing in a crowd to come and gawk at you, and you're really, you know, there's nothing you can do to get free. You are stuck. It's a trap. And, you know, I was reading a, a story um, do, when I was doing this research about a 21-year-old who had bet some friends of his that uh, he could get in one of these swings, and he, he bet them $100. And so determined to do it, he went and he got some dish soap, and when I read that, I was like, uh, now, you know, did these hoodlums carry dish soap with them? Or did he have to go home and get dish soap? And if so, wasn't there anyone there that said, what are you doing with the dish soap, you know? <laughs> Just saying. But um, anyway, so he slides into the swing, and he, he gets into it. They owe him $100. 
Um, but then he realizes that he's stuck. He can't get out. He's in a tight spot. He's in, in pain. His legs are, um, you know, the circulation is cut off to his legs. So he starts to beg his buddies, you know, to get him out of there, to get him some help. You can have the $100. Just help me. But they just laughed at him, and they left him all night. And it was like nine hours in this swing before the groundskeeper came the next morning, found him, called the EMTs, and the EMTs actually decided to cut the chains to the swing and take the whole thing because they didn't know what would happen when the uh, circulation came back to his legs, uh, and they were thinking he'd lose his legs. The writer of the book of Proverbs got it right when he said, Walk with the wise and become wise, for the companion of fools suffers harm. And we're starting this new message series this morning on how to foolproof your life. And in this series, we're going to be looking at some of the major themes in the book of Proverbs and what we can learn about how to live wisely. And the book of Proverbs was, for the most part, written by uh, King Solomon, who is said to be the most wise person who ever lived. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon is setting up this contrast between two types of people, the wise person and what their thoughts and actions are like, and the foolish person. He contrasts their behaviors with those of the wise person. And, of course, his desire is, his purpose is to convince the listener to seek wisdom, to, to run away from foolishness and folly, to, to chase down wisdom. And so over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be looking at three ways that we can intentionally choose to live wisely in our day-to-day -day life. And it's going to be a very practical application of the book of Proverbs. And I would encourage you in preparation, I know some of you are already reading Proverbs, but to, to read through the book of Proverbs during the four weeks of this um, study. It's 31 chapters long, so that's just one chapter a day. It gives you time to really kind of look at that. And I know you're all in a small group that's doing something else, but one chapter of Proverbs a day, you can probably fit that in. And uh, so you can kind of be applying it to your life while we're applying it on Sunday. And then next Sunday, we're going to talk about how to gain the kind of wisdom that uh, Solomon is talking about in Proverbs. But today, I kind of want to focus on uh, and look closer at Solomon's description of the fool and how to avoid foolish traps in your life. So if you want to pull out your message notes, um, we're going to talk about three marks of a fool. And in the process of this, we're going to look at three words that we don't use a lot today, uh, but that Solomon uses repeatedly in his book when he talks about a fool. So uh, the first of these is prudence. Uh, Solomon says a fool's life is marked by lack of prudence. Uh, now, that's a word we don't use very often, and I think that usually when we think of prudence, we think of a prude, and we think of this in not a very favorable way. Here's the definition for a prude, a person who is excessively proper or modest in speech, conduct, dress, etc. I don't think very many of us want to be excessively proper, you know, be that stick in the mud. But prudence is another sort of thing. Uh, it's something that we need to aim for and to seek after. Uh, here's the definition of prudence. Having knowledge of things that ought to be done and of things that ought to be avoided. Now, there were some of those people in the swings, right? 
that a little prudence would have been good, right? Uh, then the second definition, careful, good judgment that allows someone to avoid danger or risk. They just didn't see the danger that lay ahead for them. They didn't recognize the trap that they were about to get caught in. And if we want to avoid life traps, then we need to be prudent. We need to have prudence. Uh, and Solomon says this in Proverbs 27:12, the prudent see danger and take refuge. They see the train coming and they get off the track. They see the storm coming and they go inside. The prudent see danger and take refuge but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Now, simple um, Solomon used that, uses that and the word fool uh, interchangeably. But um, no, I don't know the the young men and women that we saw in the picture. They may be really smart folk that just made a you know bad mistake. And and I think that we can all think of things that we've done that were foolish and uh, didn't turn out the way that we thought that they would. But Solomon says that a fool's life is marked by the inability to see the danger ahead. Uh, a fool looks, uh, lacks good judgment, doesn't have the self-discipline to avoid the things they ought to avoid. Uh, they lack the ability to see the danger and take refuge. They forge ahead and they pay the penalty financially, morally, relationally, and, and even spiritually. And I was thinking about this, and, and really the bottom line is that fools are experts at fooling themselves, aren't they? They are just experts at fooling themselves. They, they continually deceive themselves with thoughts like, uh, I can quit any time, right? I'll, I'll only do it once. I can handle it. No one will know. Uh, one more time won't hurt. You know, I, I only do it once. Well, one more time won't hurt. And they don't recognize the traps of life, and they get sucked into poor choices one after another. They owe more money than they make because they see something that they want, and they don't think down the road to what kind of financial implications it has. They struggle with addictions. They, they are sure that they could handle uh, their marriages and because of an affair. A fool sees danger and forges ahead anyway. But not only does a fool lack prudence, you know, good judgment, because we all make mistakes and, and we fail to use good judgment at times. But number two, a fool's life is marked by folly. Now, folly is uh, another one of those words. When was the last time you used folly in a sentence? Anybody? Not recently, probably. But Solomon uses it numerous times when he talks about a fool. And here's the definition. Criminally or tragically foolish actions or conduct. Folly is a costly undertaking having an absurd or ruinous outcome. Folly sounds like a lot more fun word than that, doesn't it? I mean, it's just like folly, jolly. Everybody say folly with me. Folly, yeah, it doesn't, it just, yeah, it makes you, yeah, fa-la-la-la-la, la la la, 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 la. it just seems like it kind of all goes together, it should just be a lot happier word than that, but, but it's not, and Proverbs, and uh, Solomon says that it's a danger, um, Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, 
all who are prudent, and the prudent are those who know what to do and how to avoid danger. Uh, all who are prudent act with, I'm supposed to say with, sorry, with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. You can tell a wise person by their wise actions, right? But the fool exposes their lack of insight, their uh, they kind of go public with their lack of common sense. And they, you know, they criticize and demean their children without thought about the disastrous effect that it will have on their future or their self-esteem. Uh, they're willing to gossip about someone even if it means destroying that person's reputation or their relationship with them. They forge ahead without thinking about the tragic or ruinous outcome of their actions. Proverbs 17:12 says, "It's better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly. It's just going to end badly. Uh, so run, stay away from them. It's just going to be a disaster." Um, the guy that was in the swing, you know, he was bent on that, wasn't he? I, I don't know where he had to go to get the dish soap, but he was going to get that hundred dollars. And by the end of the night, I, I think he would have rather faced a mother bear robbed of her cub than the outcome that he had of spending the night in that swing. A fool bent on folly is willing to pay a high price, make costly errors with ruinous outcomes to have their own way. They're just bent on forging ahead without considering the disastrous trail of hurt and loss that they leave behind with their words, their schemes, and their choices. So, so a fool lacks prudence, uh, understanding of right and wrong, and they forge ahead into folly with disastrous results. But here's the most telling mark of a fool. Uh, they don't see any reason to change. A fool's life is marked by complacency. Now, complacency is a word that we hear a little more f- frequently than prudence and folly, but it's not something that we really perceive as dangerous, I don't think, or foolish. But Solomon thought that it was. Uh, look at Proverbs one thirty-two. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. So complacency is a fool's downfall. It, it's what's going to destroy them. And here's the definition. This is the last one for today, complacency. A feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements, pleased especially with oneself or one's merits, advantages, situation, etc., often without awareness of some potential danger, defect, or deficiency. So complacency is being satisfied with how things are and not wanting to make them better. A fool lacks the capacity or, or the humility, really, to take the position of a learner. And, you know, as you look at that phrase, uncritical satisfaction, which is gone, but it was there. Uncritical satisfaction. Uh, it means an unwillingness to uh, criticize, to look critically at your own heart, to examine your own heart and look for areas of brokenness. There's an unwillingness to acknowledge your shortcomings or need for growth and do something about it. So they just continue on their course. 
Uh, a fool would never think about getting in an AA group or going to a counselor for anger management or getting a mentor or an accountability partner to help them get over a problem or an addiction or something. A fool wouldn't even listen to a friend's advice. If a friend were to warn them, you know, you're on the wrong path, this is not a good course, uh, a fool would not listen to their friend's advice. Look at Proverbs 12, 15. The way of the fool seems right to them. No, this is the way I'm going. It's good. Uh, you know, I've got my opinion. You've got yours. But the wise listen to advice. That's Proverbs 12, 15. And then Proverbs 1, 5, um, the contrast that Solomon gives us. A wise person will hear and increase in learning, and a person of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So, so the fool isn't interested in learning more or growing. They're satisfied with their life, even if it's making everyone else around them miserable. They lack self-awareness, and they don't see the need for growth or change. Let's go back to the scripture that we showed at the beginning of the message. This is our memory verse for this week, so let's read it together. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for the companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 13, 20. And, you know, as you read through the book of Proverbs, which I, I hope you'll do, um, it's abundantly clear that the route of the fool ends badly. Uh, it leads to loss, uh, relational loss, financial loss, spiritual loss. It ends in death. And you can see why Solomon urges his listeners to get wisdom. Above everything else, seek wisdom. It's worth more than silver. It's worth more than gold. It's uh, better than rubies. Get wisdom. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to be growing and changing and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ in his character, in his attitude, in, in uh, his morals, in the way that he loves, in his compassion. And so we need to seek out as many ways as we can to do that. And Solomon says that one of the ways that we do it is to walk with the wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. And our small groups are starting this week. And one of the best ways I know to grow as a Christian is to get in a group with other believers who are, you know, growing in their faith as well, learning from them, seeing what God is doing in their life, uh, going deeper into the scriptures than we can here in a few minutes on Sunday. And our groups are an opportunity to just set apart six weeks of your life, uh, it's six weeks, and to get with some other folks that are a little further down the road spiritually and learn a lot and grow together. Get wisdom. Uh, a wise person isn't complacent and self-satisfied, but seeks out ways to grow and be all that God created them to be. So over the next several weeks, we're going to have lots of opportunities to do that. If you want to pull out your connection card uh, on the back, you see some uh, ways to respond to the message. Memorize that verse, uh, Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Uh, that's one way. Uh, walking with the wise don't just memorize it, actually do it. Get in a small group, walk with some wise people. Be that wise person for somebody else. Maybe you're a little further along than others. 
Uh, then number two, uh, going to read through the book of Proverbs. That's a great way to increase your wisdom. And then number three, come and hear the rest of the messages because uh, we're going to talk more about wisdom in the next three weeks than foolishness, but uh, how to be wise and how to live wisely. All right, walk with the wise and become wise for the companion of fools suffers harm. Let's pray.